Hello, and welcome to the podcast, This Thing Called Grief, Navigating Life After Loss. I'm your host, Lori Peters. For each episode, I bring my personal and professional experience as a veteran griever and licensed counselor to have meaningful and authentic talks about grief, loss, and life in the wake. I'll be exploring many facets of grief and not sugarcoating anything that I discover. My goal here is to create a safe space to acknowledge, share, and be inspired. I look forward to starting this journey with you. Hi, you're listening to another episode of This Thing Called Grief, Navigating Life After Loss. I'm Lori Peters, and I'm a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, where I manage a practice that focuses on grief and loss. Today, I start another mini-series, this time on pregnancy loss. I'm going to be talking about two types of pregnancy loss, early term loss, also known as miscarriage, and stillbirth, and how these types of losses impact the grief process. I'm going to be getting a little passionate about this. My subspecialty is pregnancy loss, so if you hear it in my voice, it just uh, goes to show you that I'm really passionate about this topic and it's a calling that is close to my heart. So let's dive in. Pregnancy loss covers a broad array of losses, starting from early gestation all the way through the first few months of a baby's life. Roughly one in four pregnancies will result in a loss, and that could look like a failed IVF cycle, a chemical pregnancy, a molar pregnancy, an ectopic pregnancy, or even an abortion due to medical reasons or otherwise, an early term loss like I'll be talking about today, recurrent pregnancy losses, a stillbirth, or neonatal or early infant loss. All of those types fall under the umbrella of pregnancy loss. In addition, pregnancy loss can generate disenfranchised grief, which if you've been listening to previous episodes, is any grief process that is unsupported, invalidated, or unacknowledged due to the nature of the loss itself. You may want to go back to a previous episode where I uh, did a mini-series about disenfranchised grief. For this topic, I could probably do an entire podcast on pregnancy loss, and I'm sure there are ones devoted to that subject. But for the purposes of what I'm doing here, I'm going to be taking a closer look at just a few of these types of losses. These losses are the most I've encountered in my work as a therapist, and some of them are ones I've experienced personally. When it comes to early term loss and stillbirth, there's a perceived sense of replaceability and expectation to move quickly through the grief process. If you've had a loss like this, have you ever had anyone say to you, you'll get pregnant again, or you'll have other children, something along those lines, as if any subsequent children you have could ever replace the one you lost. And so you have this sense of replaceability, this perceived sense. And along with it, there's also a belief that your grief should have a timeline on it. People say that because you didn't have a history with this child, that you should move on. They say that since you didn't have a chance to get to know and bond with your child, you should just get over it. 
These types of comments and attitudes speak to a general lack of knowledge, not only about parental bonding and attachment, but about the changes you undergo physically, mentally, and emotionally when pregnant. And this ignorance contributes to experiencing disenfranchised grief. So let's take a look at early term loss, which is a loss that occurs before 20 weeks of gestation. There are many nuances to this type of loss and I won't be covering all of them here, um, but I will tell you that because of that, because of the layers of this type of loss, um, it contributes to disenfranchised grief. I'll just mention a few. One of them is the commonness of this type of loss. As I said, one in four pregnancies overall can be lost, many of them due to early term loss. And because it happens so often, the medical community and I would say society at large tend to be dismissive of it as evidenced by statements like, you can try again, or it's no big deal, or this happens a lot. However, when you've lost a baby, your baby, those statistics may not comfort you. I know they didn't comfort me. You may think, I don't care about other people. I don't care what happened to them. This is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. It doesn't matter how often something tragic happens, you can still feel like you're the only one who has ever experienced it. Another layer here is the invisibility of the loss. Because the pregnancy is so new, you may not be showing it, or you may not have told anyone about it. And that could lead to a sense of isolation and aloneness if you can't talk about it. Imagine this. You have a scenario of telling someone, maybe it's a loved one or a friend, in the very same conversation that one, you're pregnant or you were pregnant, and two, now you're not because you just lost the baby. Imagine that, the precariousness, the awkwardness of that. You're put in the position of having to hold your own emotions, the emotions and reactions of the person you're talking to, and just the overall awkwardness of the conversation itself. It can be too much to bear, so you may decide not to say anything, increasing the chance of feeling alienated and alone. And there you have the invisibility of that loss. And then another layer here is the emotional aspect of this loss, especially if you have experienced recurrent pregnancy loss, which means having two or more losses, either consecutive or throughout your childbearing years. And on top of that, you've struggled with infertility and then you have a loss. Lots of emotions to unpack here. Along with the grief, you may be juggling feelings of anxiety, self-blame, dread, guilt, fear, exhaustion, pressure to have a baby, and depression. You can also add confusion and anger, especially if you don't know the reason why you lost your baby. With early term loss, the causes of loss are many, and sometimes there's no reason why. We just don't know. And that can be extremely difficult and painful to face. Was it a genetic abnormality? Was it an issue with the chromosomes? 
Was it a medical issue? Was it an infection that you had? Why did I lose my baby? Why? In your search for these answers, you may not find one, which can throw you back into that emotional cycle of all those feelings I mentioned and more, particularly self-blame, anxiety, and fear. And I know that cycle very well after having had two early term losses, one of which happened after a period of infertility for me. There's a lot more here to unpack, but in the interest of time, I'm going to move on to loss by stillbirth. Defined as a loss that occurs after 20 weeks of gestation up until birth, Stillbirth occurs in about one out of every 160 pregnancies. That's just here in the U.S. Like early term loss, there is a sense of commonness about it that gets glossed over by the medical community and by other people. And then you have the surrealness of this type of loss. Having a baby born dead is just so awfully sad and tragic There are no words really to express it. It just goes against the natural order of things because, after all, children are not supposed to die before their parents, right? What was supposed to be a happy occasion is now not one. What stands out to me about stillbirth as well, as opposed to early term loss, is the public awareness of your pregnancy. People knew you were pregnant. You probably made public announcements. Maybe you had baby showers. Maybe you had gender reveal parties, etc. It's very much out there in the public sphere. So when you don't come home with a baby, when you aren't seen pushing a stroller in your neighborhood, when you run into someone who knew you were pregnant and asks about the baby, then... You're faced with scenarios and unsettling conversations that you never thought you'd have. How how do you handle this? How do you handle this? And as if these situations weren't difficult enough, you also have to deal with physical changes that turn into ongoing grief triggers. Take lactation, for example. If you haven't been given instruction about how to prevent lactation, then you're dealing with breasts that think you've given birth to a live baby. So they start doing the job they were designed to do, make milk. How do you handle your incoming breast milk? Do you donate it? That feels simultaneously altruistic, yet painful, as that gesture serves as a reminder that your milk is going to someone else's baby and not your own. It's yet another reminder that your baby is gone. As I talk further about this, I feel myself getting frustrated. Um, How about you? What's coming up for you as you're listening to me here? Um, I'm feeling this way because we need to open up the doors to change. So people don't feel so alone in their grief from these types of losses. And the first step to opening up these doors is by having conversations. No one is talking enough about pregnancy loss. So let's talk about it more. Let's be open. Let's be honest. Let's be authentic. 
one in four pregnancies are lost, which translates into one in four women are hurting and hoping for relief, for someone to care, for someone to listen to them. And that number increases when you include pregnancy partners. I haven't even addressed that here. It's my hope that this podcast has started to open that door, but it will take all of us to blow it wide open. We need people talking and then acting. In the show notes, I will be including some resources that provide support for those experiencing pregnancy loss. So please check those out. If this loss doesn't apply to you, then maybe you know someone who's affected by it. So please share this info. And if you're in South Central PA, please seek me out for help. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, my specialty is pregnancy loss. So please reach out to me. If you would be so kind as to rate and review this podcast, I would deeply appreciate that. The ratings do matter because they translate to more people listening in, especially about topics like this. And I'm all about spreading knowledge and awareness. Thanks for joining me for this episode. In part two of this mini-series, which will drop next week, I will continue the conversation about pregnancy loss by diving into another type, and that is abortion. I know the topic is full of political controversy, but I want to ensure a safe space, so please be aware that I won't be venturing into any of that. I'll be speaking about abortion through the lens of grief, through the lens of grief. So until next time, just take it one day at a time, one breath at a time. Be gentle with yourself as you navigate this thing called grief. Take care.